Greetings to all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are so glad that we could connect with you this morning to worship God together, to study the word and then to pray together. At the end, I will be appreciating the communion from here and in your homes. You can take part and we can join together to glorify God. Pastor is recovering well in the midst of a lot of challenges that he's facing. Continue to pray for him and also for Sister Shoba and pray that God would heal him completely and bring him back in our midst, ill and healthy, to lead us and to be a blessing in this world for the glory of God. This morning, I want to share some important truths from the scripture about suffering. On March 24th, 1851, a little girl, girl Annie, lay on a mother's lap, very sick. The father, Charles, comes in, sees Annie struggling, lifts her up and takes her to the hospital and admits her. He sees his little daughter struggling, is unable to bear it. He was shedding tears every day. But sadly, on April 23rd, just a month after she was admitted, she dies. The father is unable to bear it. The mother is unable to bear it. Both of them cry a lot, especially the father. He was not able to get an answer why his little girl had to suffer like this and then die. Where is God? And he was already an unsteady Christian and loses his faith in God and begins to question the existence of God and goes on to come out with a statement that has taken the world by storm even now. He is none other than Charles Darwin who came out with a theory of evolution. Suffering of his only daughter broke the father's heart and not only that destroyed his faith in God. And when, he, when we see all the evil things happening in the world, we question is God on the throne? Is God there in this world? Philip Yancey, a prolific Christian writer, Ask in one of his books, is God unfair? Is God silent? Is God hidden? Richard Ombrand, a Romanian evangelical preacher, was jailed for his faith by the communist regime in Romania. He suffered, he was tortured, he suffered a lot. But in the midst of all this, he was able to share his faith with the other prisoners and also with the prison guards. Corrington Boone suffered at the hands of the Nazis and she still offered hope and help to others who were suffering and tortured in that Nazi concentration camp. And she went on to say that famous quote, worst may happen to a Christian, but the best is yet to come. Suffering for some makes them to question God and suffering for some others makes them to draw closer to God and still love God. In Genesis 15 verses 13, the very first book of the Bible, the Lord tells Abraham, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there and they will be afflicted for 400 years. In the very beginning of the story of Abraham, 
God tells Abraham, your offspring will suffer. Just think of it. Today, we have been suffering with this virus from November. And there are many who are questioning God, why this suffering? What's going to happen? Someone said, God gets credit for protection. And God should take the blame for the evil that is happening in this world. Whom to blame for all the evil that is happening in the world? Will do my best to answer from God's word what I know. I will speak from what I know from the scriptures, what I've experienced in my life. And also from reading from Father Patrick Boyle, a Roman Catholic priest, and also a book from Philip Yancey, and other articles from Christianity Today and other magazines. Um, there are different types of sufferings in this world. Bad suffering and good suffering. You may ask, what is good and what is bad in suffering? Bad suffering, physical pain, pain in the body we undergo, sicknesses, etc. Then there's psychological suffering, loneliness, fear, anxiety, abuse, disappointment, shame, and old age. Good suffering, spiritual suffering, guilt and sorrow for sin. Bible says when we have a godly sorrow, it leads us to repentance. Then there are two more which I wanted to share with you. Just suffering, punishment for murder, suffering sicknesses like sexually transmitted diseases as a consequence of sinful acts. And then there is unjust suffering, someone who suffers for no fault of theirs. But this is the most painful of all the suffering, bad and good, just and unjust. Who suffered first in this world? Who underwent the first suffering in the world? I searched the Bible. I was thinking about this a lot. I searched the Bible. I wanted to give you a small example. Suppose a person shows much love to another person, provides everything for that person, and then that person chooses to completely ignore after receiving all the benefits from that person. And in fact, wants to turn against that person and joins with people to destroy that person and all that that person is standing for. Tell me, who suffers? The person who has done the best it has received the worst. If this happens to you, will you be able to bear it? Can I bear it? It's a question that we should ask ourselves. In Genesis 1 and 2, God created this beautiful world and provided everything for the first couple, Adam and Eve. Look at the heart of love, the heart of love of God. Genesis 1, 28 to 32, the Bible tells us God blessed them. He said, you be fruitful, you increase, you fill the earth, you roll over all the things of this world. Then he says, I'm giving you everything for you to enjoy. You can read that in Genesis 1, 28 to 32. God made everything wonderful for them. God showed happily to Adam and Eve his beautiful creation, told them, this is for you. I have made it for you. You can enjoy and we can communion to get, commune together and have a fellowship together. But sadly, they choose to disobey 
and ignore God and in fact hide from him. The Bible says they hid themselves. One of the pay, worst pain a person can go through is when someone ignores that person. We can doubt the existence of God. We can doubt the presence of God. We can even deny God. But the worst is when we know God and we ignore God. Tell me who caused the first suffering and who is the person who suffered the most. When I read this, I can tell you it was God who suffered first. Genesis 3 verse 9, the Bible says, God came running to the Garden of Eden when he knew that Adam and Eve had disobeyed him. He comes out and there's a cry of anguish. He tells them, Adam, Adam, where are you? It was a cry of pain. He cuts the fellowship that has been between them. He sees the fellowship is cut. He sees that difficulty. He is broken. God is broken. He suffers. My dear brother, my dear sister, today humans are asking, why this suffering for me? Again, the Bible says in Revelation 13 and verse 8, the lamp was slain from the creation of the world. Even before the world was created, the Bible says Jesus died on the cross. Also, even before the foundation of the world, Jesus suffered an unjust death for the sins of the world. Suffering for God started even before the world began. When he knew well his son would die a horrible death on the cross. It started when he knew that his Adam and Eve would obey, disobey him. Someone said, our God sees the past, the present and the future all at once. He is different from all of us. Think of the torture one would go through if they know that the baby that's born or that's going to be born will undergo suffering and suffer unjustly for the sins and crimes and evil of others. Only parents could bear to see this injustice and evil. God was not only the first person in this world to suffer at the hands of humans, but also has been suffering even before the foundation of the world and is continuing to suffer in the world. Hebrew 8 and verse 13, the Bible says, through the eternal spirit, Jesus Christ offered himself without spot to God. So you find here the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Trinity is involved in this suffering. They suffer together. Why? Because of humans, because of you, because of me. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 32 from verses 3 to 4 God is saying, the, 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 Moses was saying God's ways, works are perfect His ways are just He's a faithful God He's upright and just is He Contrast the character of God with the condition of man that I will be reading to you from Deuteronomy 32 verses 5 and 6. The condition of man. Corrupt, waft and crooked, foolish and unwise. That's the condition of man. But from 6 to 14, again, Moses tells the goodness of God. 
He tells the father heart of God. He tells about the love of God. He tells from 6 to 14, Deuteronomy 32. He was like a father. He gave them inheritance. He said so lovingly, his people are his own. In the barren howling desert, he shielded them, cared for them, carried them, fed them, and led them. This is your God and my God. This is what he did. But what was man, again from Deuteronomy 32, 15 to 18, the Bible says he abandoned God. He has rejected God. They hold on to detestable idols, desert their God, forget and anger him. My dear brother, my dear sister, tell me who suffered first and who caused the suffering to whom? He alone suffered first and foremost, unworthily, and he continues to suffer when he sees people with their backs to God. He alone understands your suffering and my suffering. The suffering that is in the world today. The Bible says in Psalm 145 and verse 5, his understanding is infinite. Infinite meaning limitless or endless in space. Extend or size. Impossible to measure or calculate. Before Jesus came on the scene, it was prophesied long ago by the prophets. And this is what Isaiah said in Isaiah 53 verses 3 to 5. He is despised and rejected of men. He is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was despised. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And we have esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. While Jesus was on the earth, the Bible says in Luke chapter 9 and verse 22, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. The son of man must suffer. This was told by Jesus himself. Isaiah prophesied. Jesus says when he was on the earth, I must suffer. And Luke 22 to 44, the Bible says in the garden of Gethsemane, he was all alone. His disciples were very sleepy. They were sleeping. He kneels down. Jesus cries out to God and the Bible records, the Luke records like this. And being in an agony, anguish, he prayed more earnestly than a sweat, like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He was in distress. He was in pain. Blood came out of his body, falling down like great drops of blood came down like sweat. After his resurrection on the road to Emmaus, Jesus explains to the two disciples about his suffering. In Luke 24 verses 25 to 26, he tells them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? The life of Jesus on this earth was known for suffering. Isaiah prophesied. Jesus said, I am going to suffer. And then after everything was over, he comes back after the resurrection and tells the disciples, yes, all this happened because it was told and I suffered. Christ suffered the just for the unjust. Now coming to humans, we live in a fallen world. 
this world that we see was not meant to be like this. It was a different world that God had in his mind and prepared for all of us. But because of fallen state, the world undergoes all the turmoil and all the changes. Ecclesiastes 9.2 The preacher, the wise man said like this, All things come alike to all. One event happens to the righteous and the wicked. Please note that. To the good and the clean and the unclean. To him who sacrifices and who does not sacrifice. As is the good, so is the sinner. He who takes an oath as he who fears an oath. Only our souls and spirits are redeemed, my dear brother, my dear sister. When we know the Lord Jesus as our personal saviour, our souls and our spirits are redeemed. But our bodies are still in this world and we are exposed to evil like all others. Why he has not redeemed our body? Because God wants to give us a glorified body. We have to die the natural death and then we will have a glorified body. Jesus suffered, died a natural death but he rose up again. And you and I are waiting for that the Bible says in Psalm 91 and verse 10, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. We claim verse 10 very faithfully. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. Very nice, very good, very comforting. But at the same time we forget Verse 9, verse 9 and 10 are connected together. The Bible says, Because you made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, your dwelling. His God, our dwelling all the time. We hear about this epidemic all over the world, this pandemic that is spreading, destroying humans, economy, lives of so many people. In the midst of all this, I wanted to ask one question. Are we dwelling in God so that we can claim this promise? No. We are exposed and we will be exposed. But the greatest joy is evil and harm cannot separate God's children from Him. And that includes pandemics like the coronavirus, natural disasters and wicked people among other things. We can never separate us from the love of God. Children, God's children are hidden with Him and their souls are safe with Him for all eternity. We are not guaranteed a pain-free or illness-free life, which is clear in Scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Job suffered. Paul suffered. Peter suffered. There are so many godly, righteous people still suffer. There are so many godly men and women who share the gospel of Jesus Christ, suffer. They are exposed to violence, they are exposed to shame, they are exposed to abuse. But one thing, please understand, nothing will separate them from God, from, the, from His love. In this case, what we should do at present or when we go through suffering? First one is, we must pray. I want to give you three things. First is pray. Pray for protection. The Bible says in Psalm 121 and verse 1, the psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. 
My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. That was the confidence the psalmist had. That is the confidence that you and I can have. During this time of calamity and pain, Lord, I lift up my eyes to you. And then we can pray for peace. The Bible says in 5.13, James 5 and verse 13, Is any among you in trouble? Let him pray. Think of it. When you are in trouble, yes, when you are sick, call the elders of the church, call the other servants of God to pray. But the Bible encourages each and every one of us, when you are in any trouble, let him pray. You pray. That's what the Bible says. He is urging us, and this is the time when all these confusions are happening. God is giving a beautiful time to build a wonderful relationship with him. We can make use of him. Build a beautiful relationship with him. And also during this time, we can also let out our lament. When you read Psalm 3, 6, 13, 28, 56 and Psalm 142, we read the laments that God's servants, the psalmist cried out to God, lamenting the struggle they were going through. And this is applicable for you and me now. We can take up the psalms, read through, comfort each other, comfort ourselves, comfort each other with these psalms. And also, during this time, when we are praying, we can confess our faith in God. Yes, I repeat, first thing is we have to pray. Four things in prayer. First is pray for protection. Pray for peace. You pray when you are afflicted. Third, let out your lament. And third one, confess your faith in the living God. The psalmist cried out in Psalm 31 and verse 15. He said, my times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. He knew his times, our set times are in God's hand. But he still prayed, Lord, deliver me. Deliver me, deliver me. God does not use power to make us love him. What do, I, what do I mean by it? This is what I read in a book recently. That when we go through sometimes pain and suffering, God does not use his power to stop it so that we will love him. But he wants us to trust him and love him and then experience his power. Humans are, we want to experience his power to love him. When God's mind is, you love and trust me and then you will experience my power. The second one is God is calling us to praise God. First, pray during this time of struggles and challenges. Second, praise God. Psalm 103 verses 1 to 5. One of my favorite psalms. I'm sure it's a favorite for everybody. We use this psalm mostly at the end of the service 1 to 3 and we forget it. It contains a lot of meaning. Praise the Lord, O my soul. And all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The psalmist here is speaking to himself. He tells his soul, praise the Lord. In Tamil, there's a beautiful song. In Atma Ve, Kartarai Stotri. You praise God, you worship God. My soul, you're troubled, but worship God. Why? He gives. Because... He has done so many benefits. What are the benefits? The psalmist records. He says, God forgives all your sins. 
don't forget that benefit heals all your diseases don't forget this benefit he redeems your pit from your life from pit don't forget this benefit and crown you with love and compassion don't forget this benefit and finally who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles don't forget these good things and the bible says in the same psalm in verse 10 he has not dealt with us after our sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities in one place the bible says if you mark iniquity lord who will stand god has been gracious to you and me we complain to god about little sufferings but the bible very clearly says he has never dealt with you and me according to our sins no rewarded us according to our iniquities instead for us the high heaven is high above the earth so great it is mercy towards them that fear him as far as the east is from the west so far he has removed our transgressions from us you look at east look at west it's so far the bible says god has mercifully removed those far from us you're not alone in your suffering jesus told paul why are you persecuting me when paul was disturbing the christians killing them hurting them persecuting them jesus came to paul and said paul why are you persecuting me paul looks to god and says what are you doing what are you saying lord who am i persecuting who are you and god says it is hard for you to kick against the pricks what did he mean the faithful children of god who suffered were not alone god suffered with them yes my dear brother my dear sister the bible tells us in ephesians 5 and verse 30 we are members of his body in king james version this phrase is added of his bones and of his flesh when you suffer when i suffer we are members of his body his body suffers he experiences the pain that you and i go through he experiences the suffering you and i go through and for this in the midst of all struggles challenges and sufferings we can still trust god worship him praise him first pray to god second praise god and third ponder ponder the bible says in ecclesiastes 7 and verse 14 in the day of prosperity be joyful but in the day of adversity consider god also had set the one over against the other to the end that man should find nothing that will come after him after death we can never get our lives back it is gone but while we are alive when things are fine let's be joyful when things go bad it's important we take stock of our own lives we take stock of the situation why it's happening in the world and relate to god and tell him lord you're the king you're the creator and we want you to handle the affairs of my life and this world The Bible says in Acts 4:14 and verse 22 the Paul was tempting the souls of the disciples and told them we must through many trouble tribulations enter the kingdom of God through much struggles we should enter the kingdom of God so Christian life is not a bed of roses it's very clearly marked that from the very beginning God suffered he understands our suffering and we should ponder and these scriptures during when we suffer and say lord 
we know Christian life is a challenge. It's not a bed of roses. Be joyful when things are fine. But when things turn sour, make it a peace. Make it a time of peace and not confusion. Make it a time of joy and not sorrow. And make it a time of merit and not a time of endurance. Ponder how feeble we are in this world when trial and suffering comes to us. Just a little coronavirus. The whole world is locked up. Money, technology, weapons, nothing can stop. My dear brother, my dear sister, how feeble we are. Can we at this time rely on the everlasting arms of God? Ponder how great God is. Not that he is in the world, but the world is inside him. You can keep a small mustard seed before you and look at it. And still you can see the mustard seed and we are big, we can compare it. But when you begin, when you, I begin to compare God with this whole universe, the whole universe is like a mustard seed or even smaller than this before God. He's a great God. The purposes of God accomplish both through suffering and through redemption in suffering as it happened in the case of Job. Yes, through suffering he accomplishes his purpose. And through redemption in suffering, God accomplishes purpose. Hebrews 13 and verse 38. The Bible says, The men of faith, the women of faith, for them the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. For them the world was not worthy. For you and me, the world is not worthy. We have a beautiful world. A world where there will not be any pain, struggles. And if you and I love the world, we will miss the glory of that world. These times of suffering should help us to focus more on God, more on the life after which God has kept. I remember reading a story about a lady. She and there was another man in front of her. Both were talking very calmly. There was another lady in that, it was in a hospital. There was another lady who was seated, was all the time agitated, was irritated. She was making a scene there. After some time, the lady was agitated and was struggling with some kind of emotional imbalance. She looked at this lady who was calm and said, why did you come to the hospital? So the lady said, my daughter was hit by a bus and said, what happened? Why did you leave the driver? You should have cashed, caught him and bashed him up. So this lady said, he's the driver. She was shocked. She said, how come? He's the driver who ran the bus over your daughter. Your daughter is seriously ill inside the hospital, battling for life. And you're so calm talking to the driver. And this lady said, I am a Christian, a person who knows the Lord Jesus. This lady became inquisitive. She said, it's amazing. Anyway, they began to talk. They exchanged telephone numbers. And after some time, when everything settled down, they were able to meet together. After a few meetings, the lady was agitated, was angry, was so brutal in her words in that hospital that evening, accepted Jesus as a personal savior. Suffering accomplished things. One, 
it shows the character of a Christian. Second, when the character of the Christian was revealed, the other person could accept the God of the character, Jesus Christ. Tell me, is God unfair? Is God silent? Is God hidden? Few things I wanted to recap and I want to close and pray for you. Remember, God is the first person who suffered. In fact, he suffered from the foundation of the world. He suffered in the flesh agony unjustly. He understands our suffering. He rose victorious over suffering. He assures us that we are safe in his arms eternally in this world and in the world to come. May this God who suffered from the foundation of the world comfort you and me, hold us close to his arm and lead us and let's find refuge in his arms. Let's close our eyes and look to God. Father, we thank you that you are in control of this whole universe. You never intended to create a world like this. You created a beautiful world where you could have fellowship with humans. But due to disobedience, everything turned upside down. But we thank you, Lord, in Isaiah chapter 65, verses 17 to the end of the chapter, we read how one day a new heavens and new earth will come. There will be no pain, no sorrows, no tears, no suffering. There will be peace and harmony between nature and humans. Lord, we know that we are saved for such a world and such a life. I pray that as anybody fearful of suffering or anybody suffering, I pray they will find comfort in your word, comfort in your presence. Help them to pray. Help them to praise you. Help them to ponder how feeble we are. And may this draw them more close to you. Thank you that you are in control of our lives. Father, at this time, I lift up our dear pastor. Reach out and touch him. Heal him, Lord. We thank you in the midst of challenges, we see improvements in his health. We pray that he would be healed completely and he will come back hale and healthy. I pray that you would bless and be with Sister Shoba. Bless our AGAG community. Continue to lead us. Let our lives be one that brings glory to your name. In the midst of challenges, in the midst of sufferings, we are safe in your arms and let that be our comfort. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.